bus schedules and business calls. Sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Kunans. Okay, people. Get your geek on. It's April 28th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 38 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Little Red Riding Maggie. And I'm skipping through the woods with my basket of yarny goodness that I got at the Knitter's Frolic in Toronto. And I'm taking them to Karen's house because she doesn't feel very well. Yes, Karen is laid up in bed with a concussion after beating herself in the head with her keyboard at work all afternoon for not taking today off to go to the knitter's frolic. Here you go. Apply this cashmere to your head. I think I feel better already. (laughs) Better than any super cookies. Mm-hmm. Or Advil. Or Advil. The cashmere. It soothes my headache. And I soul. think I feel the swelling going away. <laughs> yes, okay. The unfair day is now over. Yes. But now I get to show you the pretties. Thankfully, I guess it, I guess it was kind of a good thing I was too busy at work to okay. really pay That's that much attention. Thing. That is a good thing. So tell me about your day. About your week. Okay, Dr. Maggie, therapist. <laughs> Adventures in knitting. <laughs> How does this make you feel? What do you see in these Rorschach blots? Okay, adventures in knitting! I finished the Vlad shawl. Finished as in finished knitting it and cast it off. Not finished as in blocked yet, because no, it's not. But it's finished! If it doesn't have to be sent somewhere for a certain amount of time, then not blocking it. If it's for you, it still counts as finished. Yeah. Plus, it's a fingering weight shawl, so I'm not sure how much I'm going to be using it. Just yet. Because I'm not even wearing a scarf anymore. (laughs) I was yesterday. Yesterday, in the first thing in the morning, it was breath frosty cold. Yeah. And then, by the afternoon, no scarf, no coat, sunshiny. What the heck? Yeah, this is fun when I'm trying to get to the get to work on the bus in the morning. Yeah. But yes, I bandaged on some more TV last weekend and just whoop, went, right, went right through it to the end. And it turned out that I mentioned that I had put the lifeline in because I did an extra body chart repeat and I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough yarn. Oh God. Yeah. I have like a kiwi sized ball left. Kiwi as in the fruit. So then I have yarn left over for the Hexapuffs for the beekeeper's quilt or for the, what I call my 2025 sock yarn blanket, because at the rate I'm going, that's when it's going to be finished with just random squares that I'm making up. I have two up there. But yeah, so I'll block that at some point when I feel like it. Some point sounds good. I'm wearing socks today that I finished a while ago, and I, I had actually, I kitchenered the toe on one, not the other. What I've are you wearing? I've been sitting on... my baskets for a couple months. What are you wearing on the other foot? I'm wearing, I kitchenered the toe on the oh, one sock today okay. during my lunch break. Those are spring forward, aren't they? Yep, yeah, these are my spring forward socks in Tannis Fiber Arts yarn. I think it's in the meadow colorway. It's one of the variegated colorways that has been discontinued. But yeah, this is, this is how I roll. I finish knitting things and then I don't actually do the, the final finishing steps until like a couple months later. That's just me. But uh, now that I've finished the Vlad shawl, I, I want to cast on another fingering weight shawl. Except this one's taking a little bit more designing. Ooh. Or more like Fran- Frankenstein bodging together. I was looking at one of the threads in one of the shawl groups on Ravelry and someone was asking, looking for suggestions for hand-painted yarn shawls. And someone mentioned that, you know, sideways shawls, where you start at one corner, make it wider to a point, and then decrease. And usually they're done in, like, garter stitch with a, you know, really nice lace edging that you sort of knit mm-hmm. on as you go. Yeah. Someone suggested those is really good for a sideways shawl. So I'd seen a few before, but for something that they hadn't really struck me. So I was like, okay, I'm actually going to look for sideways shawls this time. And I looked, and there was quite a few that I really liked, and I'll probably do on their own. But I've had this skein of yarn for a while. <laughs> It's from the Mean Girls Yarn Club, which I've been a member of for two years now. This is from Mean Girls Yarn Club, episode two, Mean Girls Strike Back. And I wasn't in in it the first year, but I've been in in it the second and third year. This is actually the first skein of yarn I got from it. It's called Horror Frost. And I think the theme for episode two was witches. And this one is based around the White Witch from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So it is all colors of winter, from white to aqua to blue to Like grayish blue, navy to white. All manners of blues. It's really pretty. And I've been looking for something special to do with it, especially because one of the, she gives you tons of yardage with these yarns. Yeah. This one has 560 yards. That's a, a lot. fingering weight yarn. 
That's a lot. And all the fingering, yards, fingering weight yarn skeins are about that length. So you get a lot of yardage, probably so that you have more latitude with what you want, what you want to do with it. That's really cool. But I've been looking for, I love the color so much. Maybe because, oh, I don't know. There's totally my thing. Blues? What? Why would I like those? So I've been looking for something to do with it for a while, but nothing ever seemed quite right, especially because it is very variegated. Like you have the dark navy all the way to white. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at these sideways shawls, and I had a thought. Oh dear, those are dangerous. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Be careful. <laughs> Uh-oh, Karen has had a thought. What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to base it on the shaping used in the Chinook sh- scarf by Allie Green. That will be my sort of basic template. Okay. Maybe with the short row shaping in the middle that a couple other patterns I've seen have, which are all purchase patterns, which I'm going to buy anyway, because... I want to do the scarves as is, but I'd sort of toss that in. But at least this time, instead of the edging she does on the Chinook shell, I'll probably do it by itself again some other time. I was going to do something called the pointed lace edging. I found it on Ravelry, because you can actually search for stitches or stitch patterns in Ravelry too. And it's from knittingand.com. That's knitting-and.com. Okay. Um, And she actually got it from a book called Homework, which is actually from like the 1890s. And the owner of the site has actually like rewritten out the pattern in modern language and charted it. Nice. And it's a lot more like pointy because I wanted something that reminded one of icicles. Mm-hmm. And her crown and yeah, something a little bit wicked. Yes. And evil. Yes. And spiky. <laughs> So yes, I want to bodle that to the course. Historic patterns! I love them! So I'm going to throw all those things into the pot. Nice. And create a scarf befitting the White Witch. I just have to actually, you know, find needle tips that are the right size, which might mean diving into a couple of my project bags and finding them. I can't remember exactly what sizes I have in my interchangeable set at the moment. And then figuring it out and casting on and maybe a little trial and error. Just to make it look to get it looking nice, but it shouldn't be too bad because the the shape of the shawls, especially if you don't put short rows in, is pretty basic. Like you basically start with you know the amount of stitches for the lace pattern plus one, and then from there, from that one, you increase every like fourth or sixth right. row until you've used half your yarn. Right. Most of the patterns I've seen said weigh your yarn when you begin, weigh it when you're halfway through to find your halfway point, and when you get to that halfway point, start decreasing. decreasing. Ta-da! Logic applied. Ta-da! Shawl. So yeah, I'll probably do that. And then in other things, um, I've been working on the crystalline socks, and I'm past the heel on the second one, and each one I'm sort of a fair way down the leg. I've got about four or five inches on one, three, four inches on the other. So hopefully by this time next week I will be saying that I am starting the cuff or maybe even finished one. We'll see what other things come up to distract me. Like this design and there was another design I was thinking of trying and my brain is always so full of projects. I want to knit all the things. Knit all the things. Do it. We need a zombie apocalypse just so that we can hole up for a little and have have the excuse. Seriously, the government would call off work, I'm sure. And we would just knit until... I don't know. Considering how the library barely closes for some of the worst (laughs) blizzards we've had, I don't know about that. But the only other thing I've done this week is I got another... Did the heel and I got another inch and a bit done on the movie socks. Oh. Because I went to see a movie this week. Somebody saw a movie. But I will mention that in Geek Squee. Okay. So, what have you been doing knitting-wise this week? Okay. Finally, finally, finally. Watson's. Finity. And went back to my Cadence. Remember my other socks? Pretty. Got one finished. And I got another three-quarter finished, just about. Yeah. And you had not cast that nope. on last time we podcast. Nope. So, one week ago, you had not cast this on, and you are already... You were doing it from top down, yep. and you already passed the heel and the gusset. Yep. You were on the home stretch of the foot. I am. And I was going along thinking, Jesus, this is moving a lot faster than the Watsons were, and I can't figure out why. And the one, well, I guess two things that I could think of is the Watsons had a lot of cables going on in them. Yeah. And a lot of, in some cases, tight cables. Yeah. And I felt my fingers responding to that getting really, really tight mm-hmm. sometimes. Well, and plus too, with the cables, it's not just, I mean, it's not that they're hard. It's not that they're difficult. It's not that they take a huge amount of brain power to remember. No. It's just, it takes a couple extra seconds to do the maneuver, even without a cable needle, to do the maneuver of crossing the cable. And it's not quite as in line as, say, doing a mock cable like that one true, with the decreases true. and increases. I 
don't think it's the time it takes to do the cable. I think mm-hmm. it's just that, like, the next time you have to come around to knit the stitches that the cable were made out of, mm-hmm. they're a little bit tense. And I kept finding that a lot. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just the way I knit cables. But No, I find it somewhat too. The Caden socks have mock cables, and I have them on wooden needles. Yeah. So somehow everything about it is just has to be softer. Yeah. It is softer. And it because just, otherwise you break the needle, like, like I did a few knows. weeks ago. So anyways, so Watson's done. Cadence is on the home, like literally I'm talking three and a half inches, maybe four inches left. Yeah, and that's including toe shaping. So yeah. you've maybe got like two inches before you start right. the toe shaping. Now, I also did... S- Cast on something else tonight. Yeah. Because I went to a frolic today and yes. bought stuff. Yes, frolic. And Karen hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen anything you bought yet. No. I went completely out of my usual color spectrum. I said I was going to go and buy an aquamarine, a cobalt, or a poppy, or a buttercup, and that is none of the above. No. This is pretty, pretty pink. That is called Fragrant. Yeah, it's... It is a Madeline Tosh. Tosh Merino Light. So fingering weight. I did have the intention of going to buy specifically for the vodka lemonade cardigan. Yeah. And poor Michelle, who was my frolic buddy for the day. (laughs) Everybody needs to send her cookies because, oh my god, I think I put her through such color hell. From the, I have no idea what looks good on me, I don't know if this works, and, well, we could use this for this, but I think there was a sale for that over there, and we could substitute this, but, no, wait, that was for the wrong cardigan, and basically we were going all over the place like three times over. Somebody actually, (laughs) somebody did actually say, weren't you guys just here? So, Actually, this is not for the vodka lemonade. Yeah, because vodka lemonade isn't in fingering weight. This is for the Easy Ruffle Coat by Rachel Mad. Mm-hmm. It is a free pattern, and she's done it in Barocco Ultra Pack of Light. Mm-hmm. And it's just an easy open cardigan. Yep. Seamless. Ooh. And it's just got a big, lazy sort of ruffle that goes around the neck and down the sides and around the edge. I like it. And when I looked at this, I sort of envisioned something in the pink or purple spectrum. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, I'm trying to be fair to all the colors, and I have a purple sweater. So we sort of veered more towards the pink, and this is what I set, what was settled on. It's pretty. It does have a little bit of variation. It looks like there's a little bit of, a bit of brown mixed with the yeah. pink at points. So that is for the Easy Ruffle Coat by Rachel Mad, published in Mad Mad Knits. And since that was the purpose purchase because once that purchase was made i was like oh okay okay i'm done now for a fun purchase now for the fun times i have purchased something that i have not knit with this yarn before and mm-hmm. i've coveted it for a long time Ooh. this is marrakesh 70 percent silk and 30 percent baby camel and that's handmaiden fibers that is it? handmaiden oh that is so soft. And it's in this lovely sort of... It's in a gold taupe Yeah, kind a of light color. gold. Not like a really... Not a vivid bright gold. gold. A little more subtle. And it is for something completely unplanned. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I'm not even sure when I'm going to make anything with it. But it was completely unplanned. Thing. And it's Canadian! And it's Canadian. <laughs> so I have already done a little bit of swatching, and I've cast on my ruffle coat. That is pretty. I think it'll be in, in something nice for summer. Oh, yeah. There. Something light to toss on at the office when they've got the air conditioning up too high. Yeah. Which, you know, people do. Not usually a problem where I work. <laughs> now, one of the things I did see, speaking of Madakesh, at the Frolic, there was a display, display set up at a store from Newmarket, Ontario, Unwind Yarn House. They had set up a display of the Featherweight Cardigan by Hannah Fettig. And in this case, the cardigan actually had short sleeves, mm-hmm. but the tag on it said, made with one skein of Madakesh. And of course, yeah. all of the Marrakeshes just piled around it like bounty mm-hmm. from pirate's booty or something like that. Yeah. But it looked really pretty. I know you were saying with the featherweight you were thinking that you'd like it in longer sleeves. I would. They did they did it wasn't like really small cap sleeves. Yeah. But it was sort of like t shirt sleeves. Did it say what size that one had been knit to? That one had been knit second to smallest size. Okay. So if this goes down to a bust of thirty two inches she made it at a 35 and a quarter inches. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you are bigger than that bust size or around that bust size, yeah. you would need more than one skein. But it was really pretty to look at anyway. Because I was thinking you could do, if you wanted longer sleeves, you could do a sh- slightly shorter body. 
Could. Though I don't know how much you'd have to shrink the... How much length you'd have to take off the body to get the length of sleeves you want. Now, when Twist Collective came out last week, one of the sweaters that we talked about was Brookline Mm -hmm. by Elizabeth McCartan. Got to meet her today. Because she was wearing her project. Her prototype. Her prototype. The one that she knit, worked things out to begin with. Yeah. Because the one that's in the Twist Collective photo shoot is a gold color. Mm -hmm. And the one that she was wearing was a dusty blue color. And it's very easily recognizable. And one of the things that she showed us when we were talking about it is that those sort of pleats that come off of the waist and go down for, for shaping, there's actually one on from each wrist going up the forearm Mm -hmm. for wrist shaping, followed by what look like three nups. It's not a Not quite a nup, but maybe a gather or something like that. It's like a little knot stitch or something. It's it's sort of like an insinuation of buttons going up the sleeve. Using that little textured stitch. It's a really nice touch that you can't see in the... In the Twist Collective photo shoot, she, she was really nice too, and she was all smiles and very happy. And and speaking of all smiles, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Maggie is fanning herself. Uh, well, I emailed this picture to Karen, and she just started spazzing on. Yeah, I I did an epic keyboard smash when I got this email at work. Okay, so what would you say to a handsome man who can knit? What would you say to a handsome man who can knit and instruct knitting? Handsome man who can knit, instruct knitting, and is wearing a utilic kilt. Marry me. And he is Franklin Habit. And not interested in women, sadly. What are you going to do? <laughs> Damn it! But what the hell, I got a picture of him. And his voice is beautiful. It's low and rich and deep, and I can mm. understand why he's a good instructor. Dang also, it. utilicule. Yes. I mean, like, I... I and sweater. Yeah, because I told him when I took the picture, and I said, sorry, but we at the podcast love awesome guys who can knit and wear kilts. There should be more kilts in society at large, mm. just as a rule. And he was very appreciative of that. Dang he it. also said, podcast? Yes, he did. He asked for the <laughs> I card. I took one of our cards, so he might be listening right now. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Hi! My face <laughs> Hi, is... Hi, Franklin. I'm going beat red as it is. But anyways, no, he was super nice. He was taking pictures with people and mm-hmm. talking with everybody, and it wasn't... And had to be reminded to go eat. Yeah, he basically, <laughs> after me, somebody basically took him by the arm and said, okay, that's enough, let's get you some food. Yes, go get something but, to eat, man. But really, if if he hadn't been, he probably... There, there probably would have been a crowd that suddenly turned as one and noticed he was there. So it was probably a good thing that he sort of moved along. (laughs) Speaking of crowd OMG. Yeah. (laughs) We got there, technically it wasn't supposed to be open until 10. Mm -hmm. We got there at 10 till 10 and we got like one of the last three parking spaces there were. It was packed. And I remember looking at my watch going, we still have two minutes left before 10. How is it this busy? Like people were already walking out with bags in their hands. Yeah. It was how massive. do you shop that fast? It was massive. Was that just your first run through when you were going yeah, back, I mean, please? I actually heard somebody in, you know, in a line go, okay, hold on. I, before we go anywhere else, I need to see how much money's left on the credit card. The <laughs> husband standing next to her said, that would be something important. Yeah, I was looking at some of the, the tweets. There wasn't a huge amount with the knitters for all like hashtag, but I was looking at some of them and quite a few of them were like, oh my God, it's so crowded. Yes. I mean, in some places, Moving around, we went to Vi- Viola was there. Oh, yeah, I saw pictures of that and heard about that. <laughs> Walked in literally at like 10 minutes past 10, half of the stock is gone. Yeah. Well, that's probably partly because she's not going to die anymore. So. I over I overheard them talking, saying, no, this is the last run, the big last wahoo, the big, you know, yeah. whatever. So everyone was probably like, yoink, yoink. <laughs> and she, the last few years, she's been completely mobbed. Yeah. Yeah. I know with the with that one especially and with the uh knitters fair in September, it's kind of one of those things where like you want to wear knitwear to it, but the problem is like yeah. anything other than the lightest of shawls, you get seriously hot because there's so many people there. I know. It's the sort of thing where, like, you go in, as you're doing your first walk around, if you see something, you absolutely must have. You buy it that minute. Yes. And then if you wait until, if there's something else that you don't, you're thinking about, and you won't be brokenhearted if you don't get it, after about noon, things really clear out. Really taper off. And that's when you can walk around and do the whole, okay. Yeah, we went to eat, (laughs) and then coming back, 
there was actually the ability to get into the different stalls and actually yeah. see corners and things like that. Yeah. I remember last year at the Knitter's Fair in Kitchener, there were booths that I didn't get into until like two in the afternoon because there was just so many people in there in the morning. And I imagine it's fairly similar for a lot of other yarn events like this where it's just yeah. completely mobbed in the morning and then it sort of eases out. So that's our, our personal plan of action. Yes, it is. Our battle plan. Synchronize your watches. Michelle was more battle ready than I was. She was like, Tannis, whoosh, there. Found what I wanted. Found what I needed. Yoink, 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 yoink. And paid and ready. It was sort of like strapping on battle armor just happened. <laughs> well, she also has been collecting yarn for quite a while, so... And actually, I am going to help her with her stash Yes. <laughs> because we were sort of talking about an aquamarine for the vodka lemonade. Mm-hmm. I guess we would be turning it into a vodka cacao something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I'll figure that out later. And Michelle had made the comment that she actually had an aquamarine DK weight at home. And, you know, my eyes and ears sort of perked up going, huh? How, how much do you have? Lots. I could help you with that. And she's like, it would make me feel better bringing home the same color. <laughs> so I might be helping somebody with their stash down, i.e. getting it over into my stash, which I'm all happy about. So as of this moment, I've got yarn for another sweater and yarn for an unidentified silky pretty lacy project that i have no Mm -hmm. idea what i'm going to do with but that's okay (laughs) maybe i should check with michelle and see if there's any other dk weight she wants to get out of her stash hey michelle you hear that (laughs) because i was one of the things i was doing this week was looking at webs and they have their anniversary sale on and they have two months in their anniversary sale they have april and may and they have a bunch of yarns that are on sale for april and at the end of april they switch them over for a whole bunch of another different sale yarns that are on for may so it's getting down to zero hour for the stuff that is on sale now yeah and i was looking at their dk stuff because there are many sweaters i want to do and there is also the lothlorian cape that i want to do for the hobbit later this year so if i was going to get something it might be a good idea to get it now while it's on sale and so i was sort of looking through stuff and it's like i really want this for the sweater but maybe i should get something for the lothlorian because i know i definitely want to do that but you know i can only buy one of the two yeah yeah. And it's like, ugh, maybe I should do my taxes, actually do my taxes tonight. And you, then, I can, I, <laughs> then I'll feel much better about You might. Yarn. You might. Especially because uh, it kind of needs to be done it by does. Um, Monday. It does, kind of. <laughs> At least in Canada. And the last thing that I've been doing, you will all remember that in the middle of the squeedum that happened last week, in our package from New Zealand, we each got a little notebook. I think yours has silver fern on the front. Yeah. And mine has a tiki on the front. And I've been trying to think of, okay, what am I going to use this notebook for? I am going to attempt. It is going to be where I plan knitting patterns because there are patterns for Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Harry Potter, Sherlock, Sherlock, all kinds of other things. There are no knitting patterns for Harry Dresden and the Dresden Files. Mm -hmm. So I'm fixing that. And I started a list of all the things I could make. And I'm first on my list is a pair of socks for Bob. (laughs) And for anybody who has no idea who Bob is, Bob basically is a spirit of intellect that lives inside of a human skull because he needs a a place to go to sleep, so he sleeps inside the skull. Bob is incredibly intelligent, having been amassing knowledge for over 600 years or so, and he's also a big horn dog. He (laughs) loves bodice-ripping romance novels. The trashier the better. The trashier the better. So, my socks. Not to malign romance novels. No, 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 no. I love romance novels. So, I am... (laughs) brainstorming things that I would do for socks for Bob. And the reason I'm going with socks is because they're a small project. Yeah. I mean, yes, I could do a shawl and you would find me on the floor in a fetal position, probably sucking my thumb and wearing cereal on my head. And socks are easier to put things in in panels or overall yeah. patterns and things without having to worry about working in, like, shaping and increases and stuff like right. that, really. Now, if anybody wants to join in on this, feel free. I mean, if you want to join in and do Mab or Titania or Lily or Harry or Murphy or 
anything else, feel free. You don't have to do socks. You can do hats. You can do shawls. You can do whatever you like. I'm just sending it out there if you guys want to join in. This is not a mandatory knit-along. This is just an idea. But I got dibs on Bob. Yes, because as you can see, you've got a page full of design ideas. Yeah. Now, so you are spreading your wings and yeah, designing. This is this is really new. And this I've been saying this. This is the year I'm going to try a lot of new things, no matter how much they might scare me. Ooh. And I might totally fall flat on my face. But the goal is that by the end of the year, of the calendar year, I have to have something for Bob on the needles. doesn't have to be finished, but I at least have to be in progress. Because with socks, have you ever stepped beyond the pattern? No. So this is really the most departure. Ad- the most adapting thing I've done is my foot is not going to fill this sock. I need to make it smaller. It's so take out done. a pattern repeater too. That yeah, sort of thing. something like that. Yeah, this is a big change. But you've never even like... Looked at a stitch pattern and thought, hey, that'd look nice in the sock, and then just sort of. No, I've, gone ma- to. I've looked at it, but not done anything about it. Yes, this is a big, big step for me. Oh. I will, I will very likely, you'll probably hear from me once in a while ago, I have a bob sock in front of me. It looks like spaghetti that went through Why a isn't this working? Why isn't this doing what I'm telling it to? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, don't worry. It happens. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to figure stuff out with the needles and the yarn to be able to see how things happen. Because trust, when you're charting things out sometimes, when especially if you haven't had a huge amount of experience with designing stuff, sometimes you forget about the way things sort of happen in the chart. And when you actually try and knit it up, it will remind you of like tension. No, and... things will do this. Well, more like you you put in, like when you put in a decrease. Right. You know, when you draw that in a chart, it takes up one little box. Yeah. Because that's what you end up with. You forget. You need to add that stitch back in. That it comes from a second stitch. And so that therefore, say if you're doing like a repeating pattern, your pattern may not be placed exactly where you want it. Yeah. Because it's been thrown off by that extra stitch. So yeah, sometimes you need to get the, st- the needles out and try it out. I, I think with the Potion Master stole that I did last year, when I was figuring out the transition between two different stitch patterns, yep. I think I as much figured it out on the needles, like on a swatch, yeah. as on paper. That's kind of scary. So you just gotta try it. Okay, 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 okay. Anyway. Just try it. <laughs> you can always rip it out and redo it yep. and figure things out. Moving into Geek Squee. Well, I mentioned that I'd been working on the movie socks earlier, and that was because I went to see The Pirates, Band of Misfits. Woo! Or elsewhere in the world, it's, I believe it's also called The Pirates, An Adventure with Scientists. Like, that's the original title of the book it's based on. And I think we, we had mentioned this before, because we had seen trailer for it and stuff like that, and we had actually looked up the actors, and oh gee, there's a whole bunch of very familiar British actors in it. Go fig. But so I went to see it yesterday, and it was so cute. I loved it. <laughs> It's really sweet and adorable and fun. And it's one of those movies where, you know, it's geared for kids, but adults will have fun too. Especially because there are little things in it that, you know, kids won't even notice, really. And one of the things I I loved about it, and it was something that they mentioned in an io9.com review of it, Ardman, like, it's by Ardman Animation, who do a lot of stop motion animation, like claymation. Right. And they're the same ones that did Wallace and Gromit, and Chicken Run, and a few other things. And kind of like Pixar, they have a knack for creating movies where, you know, it has a meaning and a message, but it doesn't feel tacked on. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel... Sledgehammer over the head. Yeah, it doesn't feel dishonest in a way that some of these do because it's so forced or because it's, right. we need this to have a meaning. Let's just shove this in. And they also have an act for, they, IO9 said that it has, the movie has a lot of heart and in a non-cheesy way. And part of that, I think, is the amount of, of heart and care and passion that has to go into the making of the movie by the people who make it. Because they've been working on this for over a year. Yeah, this is stop motion animation. Like, where you uh, you take one frame, like a basically a still image of the characters in one position. You move them, take another frame. Yeah. You move them, take another frame. I forget. I, I have watched like the making ofs for Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run, but I can't remember how much progress they generally make like in a day on the movie. Yeah. But it's not. It's like maybe at most a couple minutes. Yeah. Depending on if it's something where the characters are, say, talking. So they're standing in one position and the camera doesn't really have to move. They just have to 
move the the mouth a bit. A or sometimes bit. It, it involves like they have to actually like take out a mouth. Pe- they have different mouth pieces for different voice sounds. Yeah, I think I remember seeing for the corpse bride they had different heads. Yeah, something like that. Maybe that you know where they only have to like you know raise an eyebrow or lower it or something like that. You know that can take like a short while. Yeah, that can, you can get more footage from scenes like that than say scenes where they're walking along a street or something like that. Which was also one of, is one of the amazing things about the movie. Like not only that they have all these little characters that are basically plasticine that move around, but the sets and the the backgrounds they have for it. Because part of the plot is that. Basically, the pirate captain, that's his name. Like, all the the pirates on the main pirate ship, it's like the pirate with the scarf, the pirate with gout. <laughs> the surprisingly curvaceous pirate. But um, part of it is he wants to win the Pirate of the Year award. The thing is, the nice thing about these pirates is, like, they kind of like all the pirate stuff. Basically, it's like they're playing dress up. They like all the pirate stuff, but, you know, they're not really that motivated when it comes to, you know, actually stealing from people. And they mention stuff about, you know, having fun, you know, running people through or something like that, but they they don't actually really do much of that. The problem is when you don't actually do much of that, you can't exactly win Pirate of the Year award because you have no booty or no, you know, bounty on your head. So part of it, he, one of the uh, ships they plunder in an attempt to get some booty is one that has Charles Darwin on board. And Darwin mentions something about the, the Scientist of the Year award, which he says involves untold riches and is priceless. Of course, the problem is it's in London and Queen Victoria really, really Really. hates pirates. So going to London involves quite a bit of danger. And when they go to London, there's these amazing street scenes and set pieces where like there's all these little you know shops and they have like different signs and posters put up and there's very there's like a bunch of different other characters like even like non-speaking they're like they're extras yeah basically but they're plasticine someone has to move all the extras and someone has to like create all the set pieces and there's so much work and handwork that goes into creating all these it's amazing i'm so happy that this is still around in the age of CGI. I mean, I I appreciate CG and what it's done, but I'm so happy that this handiwork is still there, too. Yeah, it's nice that that this kind of handwork has has survived. And really, it's like other areas of things. It's like knitting, in a way. Yeah. You know, even in the the world of, you know, mass production and stuff like that, there are still people who knit. They might not be the most efficient way to do something. They might be technically obsolete, but we still do them because we enjoy them. Yeah. And the way the characters move and stuff like that, it's, in a way, it's like, if you're willing to put in the time and the effort to do it that way, why not do that instead of CG? Because it's not like they move really jerkily and it looks really crappy. It looks really good. Yes, it does. They move really realistically and they're really cute and they manage to, they do so much stuff. Like anyone who's seen the Boss and Gromit movies knows that they can do a lot of like action stuff. Yeah. There's one segment where like the pirates are in a bathtub that's going flying down a staircase or they're in this airship and one of them is dangling from a rope from the airship. So there's all this action sort of stuff they get, they manage to do with these claymation puppets. Very cool. So, so it's like, if you don't mind taking the time to do that, or if you're willing to take the time, the money and everything to do that, why not do it that way? When you get just as really, just as really good product from it. And of course, like I said, part of that is because also they t- they pay attention to the story and the character and everything. Because they're going to be living with it for quite a while. Yes. Yes, they are. And they're really good at that sort of development. And actually, I and I noticed that, and I sort of noticed during the movie, it's a similar sort of thing as in Wallace and Gromit, where, like, the person who's in charge is not the brightest bulb in the room. It's the second in command who has all the brains. Sort of like Wallace and his dog, Gromit. Gromit. Gromit reads engineering for dogs. He also knits. In the same case, the pirate captain, not that bright. The pirate with the scarf, his number two, is usually the brains of the operation, or the sensible one. And he's voiced by Martin Freeman. Very cool. Who plays Watson on Sherlock. So it's rather amusing because there are certain times when, especially because of the context of it, because he's the sensible one, that sort of thing. There there are many times I was looking and it's like, somehow the expression also seemed like Watson. That was a very Watson thing to do. (laughs) Yes, that seemed very Watson-ish. And the expression sometimes kind of looked like him a little bit. The shape of the face is very different, but the expression somehow. So in your opinion, the movie gets a thumbs up. Oh, yes. I loved it. I would really, if you want to take the kids to a movie, I definitely suggest taking them to this one because you'll enjoy it just as much as they will. Especially with a couple of the things that even the kids probably wouldn't even notice. 
Like, I love the use of music in it. Like, when they decide to go to London, they start playing London Calling by The Clash. That's right. You did tell me that. Oh my god, that's awesome. And there was another part where they played a song by Flight of the Concords, which I don't even know how many other people in the theater had even heard of them. I haven't watched very much of the TV show. But, I mean, they played the song. I forget the name of it because I haven't seen it in the TV show and stuff like that. But it's the song where the, the phrase, I'm not crying, it's just raining on my face comes from. So there are little things like that that the the adults will notice that the kids won't even notice. And I loved it. It was fun. It is in 3D, which, you know, kind of does add something to it. And of course, because it's for the kids and sort of cartoonish, yes, they did the 3D thing of something flying out at your face, but not too much. And I was willing to forgive it. Considering that it it is like you said, all in good fun. Yes. So going from a movie that has just come out to something that will be coming out in a matter of days, <laughs> we all know that the Avengers movie is coming out. Like a week from today, we ha- we will have seen it. Yeah. And if you don't have your own uh, Captain America, you know, costume to wear to the opening event, if you don't have your own Black Widow unitard. Or nobody wants to see you in the unitard, in that sort of unitard. (laughs) If your Iron Man suit ran out of batteries, you could also opt for just the makeup option. Guys, you might have to have a little bit more practice with this, some of you. Might have to find a girlfriend willing to put it on you. Yes, but this is... this. Might actually help you find a girlfriend. Anyway, found at, actually found this on a lot of places. The Mary Sue, io9, and Geeks are sexy. This is also, I'm looking at it now on Fashionably Geek. Amazing Avengers eye makeup designs. I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this. Zhang Sada is the makeup artist who created these. And she gives you some places step by step on how to do Captain America and Iron Man. Also what products she uses and how to do it. But for each of the Avengers, She has designed a, I guess, from brow to lower lid, a design style. For Iron Man, it's going for the whole red and gold look, and it's got just a hint of what looks like a vibrant blue right along the eyeliner. Mm-hmm. to indicate his glowing blue eyes once he's in the suit. Mm-hmm. Garlic Johansson as the Black Widow obviously is very sultry and smoky, and everybody's seen that picture of her standing with the explosion going in the background. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on in the upper eyelid. Yeah, there's like red fading to orange and yellow. And then going to this really deep smoky black. black. yeah. One of the fun ones. Captain America has a bright red eyebrow, a sparkly red eyelid, and that, that itself is outlined in white, and then, and, and a clear white. Not a faded and, mm-hmm. and graded white, but a clear white. Like an opaque white. And then after that is a blue. and on Shimmery the, blue. On that blue shimmer, gradient Radiating out are small stars, not painted on, but <laughs> probably like little stick on stick on stars, um, probably from a makeup kit that are mm-hmm. probably with the flesh adhesive and whatnot. Under that is Thor, and this was really impressive to me. It's got a what looks like a metallic look to it. From brow going down to most of the eye. It's got a little bit of a speckled look on it to make it look like maybe his male. Yeah, there's a little bit of texture. Right under the brow, there's a silvery gray. And it's got this sort of textured thing going on to, again, probably give that impression. And got that maroon red from his cape going over the main part of the eyelid. Yeah, but a very a very narrow Yeah, very small amount. I oh. love with Hawkeye how it it goes from purple. It's basically based on his his co- his comic costume. Yeah. Not his costume in the movie. Right, cuz his costume um, in the movie is like all just black. Black leather. Yeah, boring. Or black SWAT team sort yeah. of gear. But I love how it the eye is the lid is purple and then it sort of fades into blue and into white. It's I love the way it sort of And it's at a definite slant that is faintly outlined. It doesn't yep. fill up the whole area around the eye. I want yarn dyed in those colors. There you go. That does that. Somebody out there, get on that. <laughs> okay, yarn. This is this is geekery. This has to be out there somewhere. <laughs> so next we have the Hulk, and as you can guess, there's a lot of green going on. Yep. And a little bit of purple in the lower lid. Yeah, that that's it looks like something that She-Hulk would wear maybe on a mm-hmm. date. Nick Fury is um, <laughs> is creative. There's a lot of black going on. Yes. And Basically, like, the the entire lid and lower lid of the eye is in black. And, of course, there's a black stripe going across for the... Eye patch. Yeah. 
but she's also implied his scars with three what look like false scratches or scars yeah over the eyebrow now you really like i loved loki oh god <laughs> if you're if you're gonna do this you gotta do it <laughs> go loki, big or go home yeah I mean, I know all of these have got false lashes and this, that, and the other. Loki's lashes, you could probably see from space. They are so big. Yeah. They're emerald green. Probably. Uh, there's no way I could wear those lashes with my glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're emerald green, five feet long. And okay, yeah, we've got the shimmering green look going on, edged out in black. But then you've got this gold swirl, this vivid, opaque gold swirl. Yeah, right above the crease, it it's, looks like. It starts underneath, and it goes around the outside of the eye, I would say caressing the shape of the orb underneath. Yes. I, sh I should write copy for these people or something. Yeah, right around the bone, actually, now that I think about it. And swirling, as obviously suggesting his horns. On So, you know what? You've got your choice here of fantastic makeup artistry if you want to go that route i have i cannot recommend what blushes or lipsticks go with the with this particular <laughs> palette i think anything you wear with that would just look weird you would just have to put on like plain foundation maybe sort of like a nude lipstick or something and just let the eyes go balls out yeah part of me is almost tempted to do something like this I especially if, especially if we went to the midnight showing this is a, okay that might stop. cause accidents with people stopping and looking at the, the hell? We would have to stay together and at least one of us would have to do the Captain America or something like that so that people actually got what it was. Yeah. Something I, think, that I think with Black Widow, someone might just be like, huh? <laughs> Some of these are a little bit on the ambiguous side if you yeah. weren't looking at it in a group. Yeah. But yeah, Captain America's pretty obvious. Nick Fury's pretty obvious. Yeah. The rest of them are go-between bizarre and just a little just eccentric. Really theatrical. In other movie news, this time very like long-term upcoming movie news, Disney and Henry Selleck, who worked on Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, are going to be doing a movie version of Neil Gaiman's A Graveyard Book. That is such cool news. I really want to see this. I really want to see what this looks like. I really want to see how they build a plot around it. Yeah, because that particular book by Neil, the plot was very subtle. There's a lot of it that is sort of like very coming of age. age. Yeah. But more through like little instances that are that are very separate. Like each chapter is its own little story. There are a couple things that, you know, arc over the entire book, but the main sort of villain that drives the plot is in the first chapter and then you don't really see them until a much later chapter. Yep. Or their their influence isn't very strong until a much later chapter. A lot that of the other is things cool. is, is Bod trying to figure out who, who he is, is and, and where he fits in. Yeah. And now for a little taste of movies leaking into the real world, but in a good way. In Broward County in Florida, the Hunger Games have been put on trial. <laughs> As in, a bunch of kids that came to Bring Your Kid to Work Day were brought into the courthouse. And part of the activity that was set up for them by the state attorney was President Snow from the Hunger Games was put on trial for crimes to humanity. For kidnapping and child abuse and a bunch of other things. And the kids were involved in witnessing the testimony and... They basically did a mock trial. Yeah, it was a mock trial. They were part of the jury yep. and went all the way through most of the motions that a trial would go through. Mm -hmm. And let's see, Snow's punishment was 5,000 hours of community service, wash the judge's car, and drive her to her hair appointment. In my opinion, he got off real easy. Well, especially considering they said, I think there was another witness, in, a witness in there. Yeah, the star witness, head gamekeeper Seneca Crane, testified in exchange for a plea deal that meant two to five years in prison. That's a heck of a plea deal. So anyways, that's a very cool way that a recent movie has leaked into the real world and kids have been able to apply it to real life situations in terms of the justice system and yeah. their jobs and how a trial how works a trial and works things like, that. things like that that's a really neat way to illustrate all that to kids as well as you know probably bringing in a little few little you know human rights issues it made like it that. made the kids probably pay attention more than if you just stood at the front of the courtroom and say this is where we hold a trial yeah. this is where the judge sits this is da 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 yeah, and you know this is what the district attorney does this is what the and you know most of the kids would be you know 
picking their nails and yeah you or know. you know interested but not really engaged yeah. this, this way this really way cool. they really are it sounds and a little bit like what um when city in alabama does with uh to kill a mockingbird every year and finally continuing in the long history of nerdy university pranks by putting things on roofs apparently at mit at their SATA center which is home to their computer science and ai lab a dalek appeared on the roof i think that's cool <laughs> this is after last year uh caltech did the same thing on another MIT building, and apparently with one of the buildings at UC Berkeley, where they put a TARDIS on the roof. Now, seriously, if that had been me, I would be up there with a camera crew as soon as I found that thing on my building's roof and said, guys, this is awesome, whoever sent this, thank you. But you didn't leave me the key. I need the key. <laughs> I want to join the doctor. And of course, somebody in the comments at io9 where I found this mentioned the whole like, well, that's going to suck for the maintenance people. But then again, someone else pointed out, it's like, you know, they could have the choice between uh, taking the TARDIS off the roof or cleaning out toilets <laughs> or unclogging toilets. I'm sure it's a pain in the butt for them. But someone did mention that part of the tradition of these pranks is leaving detailed instructions on how to take it apart and how to dismantle it safely. I would never take it down. I'd leave it up as a beacon. Well, especially in the case of the TARDIS, because it was fully yeah, lit up. Yeah. There's actually YouTube maybe, videos. Maybe actually add to the Daleks, so you have a Dalek army on top of the building. <laughs> it was actually on top of, there's it's this really weird building, cool building, that has, you know, very interesting architecture with things sort of slanted one way or another. It okay. looks somewhat Seussian, really. And the Dalek was actually on top of this this one silver sort of column that comes off one of the buildings. Okay. And on top of it is a Dalek. So you could put Daleks on some of the tops of the other buildings. We need to do that in, you know, in town somewhere, like in the top of City Hall. Put a Dalek up there. Or a TARDIS or, you know, anything like that. So yes, moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Speaking of nerdy things, I think you have found a source for more nerdy yarn. There is an amazing amount of nerdy yarn here. This is on Etsy. This is Knit and Fiber Creation. And she, amazing, 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 has free shipping in the U.S. and Canada till May 31st and half off shipping to everywhere else. That in itself is mega incentive. But also, she spans quite a few geek genres in here. We have the Hunger Games. I can see Effie Trinket. Which is, of course, a riot of pinks. Of course. <laughs> we have The Walking Dead. There's yarns inspired by Game of Thrones. Lots of yarns for Game of Thrones. Yeah. We have Twilight. There were some Harry Potter ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Minerva. We like that one a lot. Ooh, yes, the Minerva colorway. Blues and greens and, and little browns. Brown. Professor Trelawney, Arwen. Dolores Umbridge, also a lot of pink. Yep. Team Jacob, Team Edward. But <laughs> she has got a lot on here. Yeah. It looks like she has a variety of different bases for different weights, too. I thought I saw a couple different base bases for fingering weight stuff. And just in the fingering weight, because... We're probably looking at, for sock yarn, it's 435 yards. Mm -hmm. And for $24 US, that isn't bad for four yeah. over 400 yards. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Especially when you take into account US and Canada. Oh yeah, and you're specific, you're looking at a merino cashmere nylon. Hello. For 24 bucks, that's pretty good. No shipping cost. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not on the continent, half shipping cost. Yep. That's pretty darn good. So, you know, way to go. Yeah, she's located in Illinois in the United States. Again, that was Knit and Fiber Creation. Hand-dyed yarn and knitted creations. Yeah, she's got some hand-knit stuff on there, too. So it looks like she has lace weight, fingering weight, DK and sport weight, worsted weight, and bulky. And finally, one of the other things we found this week is a new knitting comic strip. Oh, this is so awesome. I love this. It's called Worsted for Wear. Yes, like worsted weight yarn. And it's worstedforwear.com. I binged and went through all of the strips. I did, too. <laughs> and now I'm at the point where like i want more it's really well drawn mm -hmm. and it feels it feels like it was done by a knitter by a, it probably was it was done by <laughs> yeah, a, it looks like it's done by, it is done by a knitter, it's done obviously. by a geek knitter 
Yeah. There's a lot of geeky references. I know there's one where someone's knitting a truly epic Doctor Who scarf. Yes. And there's probably quite a few comics where you're just going to sit, look at it, and go, yeah, I know that character personally. Yeah, there's a lot of, of the knitting experience in it. Yes. Sometimes exaggerated for effect, of course. Like, there's one where uh, someone is making an order. I believe it even specifies from nitpicks. And the person's like, okay, I've got yarn for that project. But, ooh, I wanted yarn for this project. And this project. Oh, and I wanted some for this, too. And then the final panel is, it's like, nitpicks. Thank you for your order. I forget exactly how much, but it's like, $400 has been billed to your credit card. Yeah. And then it arrives, and it's this enormous box on the doorstep. And you see this person, like... Inside of the Yeah, inside this yarn. huge heap of yarn. And the person next to them is like, you do know we live in a studio apartment, right? Yeah. Oh, and uh, one of the things, and the other thing in there is, which I just saw today, too, she's... The uh, artist has made a little caveat about there is one person amongst this knitting group in the strip that has a bit of a vendetta against crocheters. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> and the, the artist has, has quickly said, this is not my personal opinion. This is a growing experience for this particular character. The crocheters will get their own. Yes. And they they do quite a few times. Yes. So yeah, so definitely have to look it up. And I, I found out about it because it was in Knit Scene magazine. Yeah. So it looks like it's getting a lot more attention. It is, is great. very cool. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. I love it. Okay, and one final note. I should add, the Stash Down contest segment is ending soon. I said the end of April. I figured we're actually going to do it. Do the draw. We'll say you have to have a comment in the Ravelry group thread or on the blog or an email sent to us by May 3rd. We're not entirely sure when we're going to be podcasting next week. It will depend on when we go to see a certain movie. But you have... So we're... So you have to have it in by May 3rd yep. to have your name in the draw. It's going to be a random draw. I'm going to... Anybody who's commented, emailed about the stash down, or you commented on the blog or on the Ravelry group, I'm just going to list everybody's name. Everyone will be assigned a number, and then we're going to do a random number draw. So it doesn't matter how much you've been able to knit or how often you've been able to comment, because I know real life happens. Yep. So, and we have said... We have not said what the prize is so far. The prize is going to be the lucky winner of th- gets to pick their choice of Glenna C's knitting patterns that she has self-published. That is very, very kind of Glenna to put yes. forward for us. She has, gra- she has graciously offered one of her patterns as a prize. So you can go take a little look. Take at a little patterns. look and see, and then you know. I was looking over the other day to see like. To see, so I could mention a comparison, and she ha- of like you know she has some easier patterns. She has some more difficult patterns. She has a lot uh, of uh, free patterns. Yes. So go take a look anyway. But yes, she has loads of patterns that she has. Like I said, it's the ones that she has self published, so not the ones that were in Twist Collective, right? Obviously, but she has lots of patterns to take a look at. And so, like I said, the lucky winner will get their choice of one of the patterns. Okay, everybody. So go do your happy rain dance and. Blow on your lucky dice and do whatever you have to do. And we will see you next week, post-Avengers! Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek Two. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek two. Have a good week, everybody. There's more yarn for the hexapuffs and for, for the beekeeper's quilt. And ow! You little bugger. We call them worse names. Alright. You with you with the dingly ball out. You were not nice. Podcast Kitty has been evicted. Yes. Let me know if you need a band-aid. No, it was just stinchy. Mm. Scrapey. No. Um, didn't actually break the skin. Uh, has Trey shown you his scra- scratches? Yeah. You have seen this scar right here, Yes, I've right? seen that. I think everybody who's ever owned a cat has, <laughs> has a, scar a scar right there. Yes. She left her mark on my heart. She didn't have to do with that. <laughs> when I was okay. wearing a white blouse. <laughs>